Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, maybe now it's working. Oh, I hope so. It decided to restart on me. Yeah, it took me about three times to get it back up. And then when I did get it back up, it hung up and restarted. You got it. That's what she said from Liz. About what? The restart? No, to get it up. Oh. She must say that to you often. Oh, that's cold, yo. Let me see. Kyle says he's online. Yep, there he is. I'm going to add him. Well, I can't play the actual song because, you know, there's a copyright issue. But, I mean, there should be no problem with me just denying it. Oh, come on, Kyle. Busy my ass. All right, come on. Add people to this call. Kyle. Go. Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Come on. It, it, it says he's here, right? Is it showing on your end that he's online? Uh, let me see. It says he's in, yeah. Damn freshman. <laughs> I, I am in IDK why you can't hear me. Oh, so he can hear us. Can Great. hear me? Do you want to build a Skype call? Oh, God, no. <laughs> There you go. Miss you so. This is going to be the karaoke version. <laughs> Great. I think I'm going to have to start drinking with this Cub series right now. <laughs> All right, Arietta, strike this guy out. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how people can be Cubs and Purdue fans. I drink a lot. 
I used to be a Cubs fan, and then I started going to Purdue, and I'm like, no, this is this is too much. <laughs> Usually we have a problem with Drew, not Kyle. Maybe Kyle's a new Drew. Supposed to start half an hour ago. You know, maybe Hazel had saved all his timeouts to ice Kyle from participating. Hello. We hear you, Kyle. I'm here. Can you hear us? Jesus Christ, yes. I am Drew uh, 2.0. Oh, no. No, that's more like Drew uh, 0.5. You can't advance in Drew. Uh, Drew can only have the highest number. You can only be like half of Drew, you know, because Drew only downgrades. He doesn't upgrade. I can't believe I just couldn't figure that out. And to think that I educate the youth of this world. Yeah. All right, one second. Did we just lose him again? Literally, literally, no, I'm here. I'm just putting on a t-shirt. Oh. You know, I got so frustrated I ripped off my clothes like Hulk Hogan. So. Well, this is, well, don't worry. This is a clothing optional podcast. Yeah. As always. So, all right. Let's get to the juicy stuff. H&R After Dark. Oh, yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of Hammer and Rails After Dark. Oh, yeah. We got the sensual sounds coming into your ear right now. All right, I, I can't go any further with that, so welcome, everybody. Any news happened here in the last couple days, Juan? Um, I can't really think of anything. I think we got a new basketball recruit, but other than that, I really don't know. Yeah, quiet as a tomb. How about you, Kyle? Uh, Kyle checking in with us from uh, from West Lafayette, Indiana, as the third member of this three-man pod tonight. Uh, the biggest news of the night is I figured out technology after 15 minutes of struggling. I think that's the only thing that's happened in the Lafayette area in 48 hours. <laughs> yes, uh, Juan had a very good joke about that 15 minutes, and it's up to him whether he puts it in the cold open or not. That's a challenge out there. No, no, I don't think that's going to make the cold open. I can tell you that right now. One of these days, I will release the uh, raw audio of all these podcasts, but it is not this day. Too hot for podcasts. Anyway, so uh, obviously the biggest news of the week is the firing of Daryl Hazel on Sunday afternoon. Something that we have mentioned a couple times at our site, thinking we have a little bit of a decent following and some discussions or anything. But I guess one of the, the first question I should ask either one of you is, were you surprised that it happened in season? No. If Burke was still in charge, I think I'd, I would be more surprised. But uh, the new AD, I think he's trying to like kind of make his footprint on, on the athletic department. He needed to make something happen. And uh, after getting embarrassed, and people say it was close because it ended up being 49-35. But that was uh, after Iowa was in the prevent-to-win defense, of course. And then um, they put in their twos. So we started making a little bit of a comeback. And something had to happen uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think it was pretty obvious, especially with the way not only the the way the first half went on Saturday, but with the way the first half ended, and you have you finally get a score, make it 28-7 to where it's not impossible to come back, but you might have just the smallest hope of it, and then it's immediately immediately snuffed on the very next play, 75-yard run. Then you have the miscommunication and botched return, followed by. I don't even know what was going on in that timeout. Uh, you were there with me, Juan. What did you What did you see in that timeout, or was there any valid reason to take it? You know, 
I think Hazel took that time out in order to ice Babinski from firing him at halftime. <laughs> so it obviously worked because he was fired the next day. But like, really, I have no idea what the hell happened. He took the time out when there was like seven seconds or yeah, there were two seconds left on the clock and like he could easily just let it run out and just gone to the locker room. No one would have cared. But because he took the time out with two seconds left to just take a, a knee, I wouldn't have cared if he just ran up the ball up the middle. That would even have been a better thing. Like get negative one yards on a run, not taking a freaking knee. Like what do you have to lose at that point? And he had to strategize the formation to take the knee. Yeah, because he's like, well, I'm never, I'm never going to do a victory formation again, so I might as well... And get it while I can. Exactly. Well, I guess this I, the official explanation is that he thought maybe they were a little further down the field and they thought that maybe they could do a Hail Mary with two seconds left, but they weren't as far down the field as he thought they were, so he just decided to take a knee, which I guess it's, makes sense. No, no, no. Doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> You're the fucking football coach. You should Welcome know where in the field you are i think that's the most worked up you've ever gotten on this podcast well he thought he was on the 50 but then after taking a timeout and careful consideration he ended up being on our own 30 or whatever it was you know only a 20 yard difference he's an idiot is thank god he's he's gone thank god no at that timeout was the only time i actually like got out of my seat and yelled during that game because you wanted the game to be over with quicker well yeah because like when iowa just kept scoring touchdowns i just laughed at this point i just accept it with that it's like really Really? Really? Uh, anyway, he's gone. He's gone. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. yeah, and that that's really the good thing is, you know, we, we did make a move. And as I tried to write the other day, or yesterday now, it was really just one of the few times we saw a positive sign from the Board of Trustees and Daniels and the Athletic Department that there was going to actually be some progress here. And I know that there was some, well, why are you praising them for doing their jobs? Well, I think it's because we're not used to (laughs) the school doing what needs to be done and what's blatantly obvious needs to be done in regards to the football program. I mean, they committed $10 million to the football program within 48 hours between the buyout and the lights and everything. And yes, they were pretty much required to do it, but I'm still kind of astounded that they actually did it. Aren't you guys? Reading the comments that the trustees and Bobinski made about the lights, it makes it sound like they wanted to get the lights. Maybe not in 2017, but they might have been eyeing 2018, 19, probably late as 2020. But the Big Ten was like, yeah, if you guys can just get it done by next year, that'll be better. Um, Or it was uh, Ross Aids a shithole and we need to do something. So a new coach wants to come in. Well, I think think that the lights (laughs) were originally supposed to be part of the new renovations that they don't really have a timeline for. And they probably got moved up because of what the Big Ten has said. We will have yeah. renovations to Ross Aid by the time the United States gets to Mars. And according to Barack Obama, that will be by 2030. Oh. So that'll be about that'll be about the right time. Yeah, that, yeah. And and when I'm reading here, I was reading um articles from Journal Courier and what Berghoff was saying to to Babinski, it's like You know, it's his job to tell us what's required to win at a championship level department wide and make a case for it. Don't let funding stand in the way of that happening. So. (laughs) I am not the new fucking drug. (laughs) (laughs) It just started buzzing at me and then dropped the call. I'm like, what?
I have no idea. Uh, no, it's just uh, this laptop on my end. It's not. Anyway, I have no idea where I left off. I know I was talking about um, what the trustees said and stuff like that. Well, let, let's 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 just re. I'll re-ask the question about Babinski and the trustees and actually making a commitment. We can go from there then. What I think is interesting is you had the trustees. Oh my God! Really? I hate technology right now. Kyle. Yes. Yes. Who's can, back? Back. What? <laughs> I'm back. No, we lost Travis. Travis gone. R.I.P. <laughs> Travis is back. Uh, <laughs> he has risen. I, I think. You know what I think's going on? Burke is hearing all of this and messing with our connection here, so we can't talk shit about him. From our IP addresses. Well, I think I can cut down my monologue on this and just be like, okay, what do we think about Bobinski then? What, what do you guys think about Bobinski? Bobinski for Prez. Bobo. Bobo. <laughs> I think I'm going to keep some of this in here so people know why our podcast is so fucked up. I blame Drew. <sighs> all right, go, okay. Travis. Ah. <laughs> Go, just go. Quit waiting around and just go, damn it. Well, I'm trying to give you a nice pause to cut it. All I need okay. is like a second. Okay, so obviously this was a pretty big move by Babinski here. He came in and he's only been on the job for about six or seven weeks and he ends up making a big firing. We get the lights, we get the buyout of Hazel. You know, he's swinging a pretty big one now. And, you know, what do you guys think of him doing this, especially so new on the job? I think he's doing a good job so far. It seems like he's going to be making an impact. And, yeah, I mean, getting Hazel out the door here, pushing for lights, even though maybe he might have been eyeing lights in 2018, 19, probably 2020. And the Big Ten was saying if he could get them done by 2017, that'd be great. He agreed to that, got the trustees on board. And if anything, it sounds like now as if the trustees, rather than trying to hold back, what Berghoff is saying, it's like, they told Babinski, it's like, just, you know, just let us know what's required to win at a championship level. Uh, make the case for it and we'll fund it. You know, don't let funding stand in the way. So it kind of also makes you wonder what Burke might have presented to the trustees and the Mitch Daniels. And maybe that's what led to the comments that they had earlier. Burke was maybe saying, we don't need to spend a lot of money. We don't need to get into an arms race to compete. And maybe they bought it because they trust Burke. And now with Babinski in charge, they're saying that, you know, tell us what we tell us what you need. And Ask and we shall provide. I, I think that is a key point there is I, I wanted Babinski to fight kind of for his territory and fight for the money that he needs to compete, especially since they're already bringing in so much from the Big Ten. And one of the one of the most telling quotes in regard to that goes back to Burke's final press conference where he mentioned football is only a $5 million opportunity. And that is just ridiculously hamstringing yourself on what you think you can accomplish with the program because everybody else in the Big Ten is making at least five and a half more than Purdue out of their football program. I mean, freaking Rutgers is making more than $5 million than Purdue out of their program. So it's got to be more than that. You've got to aim higher and it's starting to look more and more like Burke didn't care about aiming higher. He just kind of did his thing, whereas Bobinski is coming in and he's like, no, I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to fight to improve this. I think 
his moves of the last 72 hours or so have shown that, you know, there really kind of is a new sheriff in town, and it's good to see. Yeah, I think Burke, I think towards the end of his tenure there, I think it's just being the athletic director was more just a job rather than a passion, you know, and it's just getting dull for him where he didn't want to push towards anything. And he, he didn't really, honestly, I don't think he cared too much about football. Um, and you can see with the numbers that Travis, you just presented and things like that and what he said in his final press conference that uh, it was just growing on him a little dull. So it's nice to get Bobinski in there, um, have a fresh face, fresh voice, and he's starting to get things done right away. And hopefully he can make a big splash here in a hiring uh, a coach and then keep working on the Ross aid renovations and go from there. Okay. I and think another thing with go ahead, Burks, not to keep ranting on him, but I mean, he was a business guy from the start. He was never an athletic director beforehand. He was all about balancing the checkbook. And he did a good job at that. We can't deny that. But with Bobinski, he's coming from Xavier. He's coming from Georgia Tech. So he may still have the business aspect, but he knows that there has to be risks taken here and good risks and knows that if you want to make money, you got to spend that money and maybe even dip into the red for a little bit if that's needed. So, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. You know, he has more sources of revenue here than he did at Georgia Tech. And I think another key thing that's going to be pretty critical for him going forward is, are they going to expand the marketing? Because here in Indianapolis, you barely see anything about, oh, hey, buy Purdue football tickets, buy Purdue basketball tickets, whatever. Whereas you still see a lot of, hey, buy IU football ticket billboards and whatnot. (laughs) You know, Indiana unquestionably markets Indianapolis and they're no closer to the city of Indianapolis than Purdue is. And so it's pretty ridiculous that Purdue has not tried to reach out and expand even as close as Indianapolis. When I'm traveling in Indiana, the only time I see Purdue billboards are the second I cross into Tippecanoe County. There's, I mean... Granted, the surrounding counties have nothing, but for them not to even advertise in Indianapolis, where probably they have their largest fan base, uh, it's kind of ridiculous. And and especially when you have regular events in Indianapolis. Next year, you have a football game at Lucas Oil. The basketball team always plays at least once a year at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. They never they never tried to reach out. I know, I mean, you look at others. The last two years, I believe it was, Indiana and Notre Dame have played a baseball game at Victory Field. And Purdue played one baseball game, I think it was against Anderson University (laughs) at Victory Field, and that was four or five years ago. So I think that that's another critical element where you talk about spending money to make money. They're going to have to expand that marketing and advertising budget just to see if it's going to pay off and take some risks. And that's kind of what we want to see is somebody taking risks and at least trying something different at this point because what they've been doing is clearly not working. Yeah, Burke was never really good at expanding that. His best ideas were trying to recreate Purdue Pete and then forcing the <laughs> hammer down on us. So yeah, maybe under Babinski you can get we can get something better in that regards. Definitely. So speaking of Babinski and his critical, critical hire coming up, we're looking at candidates. We're getting Bo Pelini. We're getting PJ Fleck. We're getting Les Miles, Jeff Brom. Uh, Troy Calhoun. Scott, uh, Scott Calhoun, is it? I thought it was Troy. Troy Calhoun. I don't know. I wrote about him and I already forget his name. John C. Calhoun, the classic, sen- the original <laughs> senator from the 1800s. Is he better than Is he better than Hazel? And I'd take him, despite the noticeable handicap of being dead. <laughs> but anyway, uh, obviously. Obviously, we're still very, very, very early in the hiring process here. But uh, do you think it's a good thing that Purdue basically has half a season to vet candidates, kind of showcase who is returning, 
you know, do you have assistants that may be still auditioning to stay on under a new head coach? Uh, basically, where do you guys think we go here with with the hire? I, I honestly don't really know um, where we're going to go. And it's, it's interesting because I, I believe this is Bobinski's first opportunity to hire a football coach ever as being an athletic director. And it comes in like one of the most critical times for Purdue football. But I just think that kind of like when we brought in Joe Tiller, he brought in a new style of offense to uh, West Lafayette, something a little little different and I wrote about Troy Calhoun earlier today um, and it got some mixed reviews on H&R but so, something a little different with the wing tee and something where we keep our awful defense off the field you don't have to recruit offensive linemen so well and a lot of people are going back and forth with me on there saying well he's not a recruiter you don't have to recruit the, the academies and things like that and I understand that but um, Georgia Tech, a really good example of running a wing tee and being pretty successful at it at times. And, uh, you know, as Purdue fans, we really just want, we don't, of course, we aspire to be in the Rose Bowl and things like that. But as a Purdue alumni now, six to eight wins and get me in a bowl game. And if I can drive to a bowl game and wherever <laughs> it's at, that, that, that's fine with me from West Lafayette. And, and that's what we really aspire to do. And you've seen the press conferences today. Uh, PJ Fleck, they asked him about, you know, today the interest going around uh, him being a head coach in some bigger programs and even Brock's back. I read something, I believe uh, somebody tweeted maybe from the Journal and Courier that Brock's back said that he doesn't think Purdue has any interest in hiring an FCS level football coach and that he thinks that somebody, they're going to get hired. So it's pretty. Is being brought up all over the place already. And so while people say it's not an appealing job, you have to think that with what Bobinski's starting to do, spending a little bit of money and showing a little bit of commitment, and it's, it's still in the Big Ten. And while we haven't had success and seems damn near a decade now, we could turn it around, win, you know, six to nine games a year and get those mid mid bowl, mid sized bowl games. And that would be perfectly fine, I think, with the Purdue fan base just to even get into a bowl game up in Detroit, which that, that would be a hope of light i honestly think so if we could just get to one of these tiny bowl games and just have a little bit of success i'd totally be okay with that bowl game in detroit since i'm still in ann arbor so oh yeah definitely and you just have to get things going again you know a lot of people got on hope because oh well he was only making the detroit bowl or anything well right now that's so far above what purdue has at the moment that we would really freaking take it (laughs) to be quite Mm -hmm. honest really that's that's kind of what i intimated yesterday is you have the board of trustees making these initial moves now they have to back it up really because all this talk and canning hazel and putting up the lights it means absolutely nothing unless they're going to back it up with a real commitment to try and just even compete in the Big Ten because (laughs) if they're not going to do that, we're just going to be seeing the same thing over and over and over again right now. I think the big thing is going to get someone who can recruit big time because, I mean, Purdue's name carries no weight with it whatsoever. Recruits know that Purdue is the joke of the Big Ten outside of Rutgers, and we're really going to need a coach who could be fiery get high school students interested in coming here and show that they can build something special. So I think that's going to be probably one of the biggest factors here because we didn't have that with Hazel. He couldn't recruit. When he was at Ohio State, he probably just had to say that he was coaching under Trestle and he could attract players. And at Kent State, he didn't really have time to recruit, able to build his success off previous players. And so I think that's going to be a big thing, which is why I really like 
if Purdue could land PJ Fleck, I think that would be the best case scenario because we've seen what he's been able to build at Western Michigan over the last four years. He took that from a one on eleven team and it's now undefeated, top top twenty five. You know, it's hard to do that in the MAC to be able to pull in recruits and be able to build a top 25 program. So, yeah, that's, I think, what Purdue should be aiming for in this point. But and, other schools are also going to be competing for P.J. Fleck at this point. And Fleck is backing it up with his recruiting rankings. That's three years in a row now that he's had, I think it's like low 30s, high 40s in the national recruiting rankings. And he's had the top-rated class in the MAC for three years running, which, you know, a little top-rated class in the MAC. But Purdue might have the mid, the seventh-rated class in the MAC at the moment. So we're not anybody to judge in that regard. With Fleck, you also have two more years of experience than Hazel had at Kent State. So that's two more years that you've seen some results, especially when, as you said, he went from 1-11 and 11 to now undefeated, and then he had two eight-win seasons there in two bowl games as well. So, you know, I think he's a little bit more proven. And then if we can't get Fleck, I'm a big fan of Jeff Brom at Western Kentucky just because – I like scoring points and getting touchdowns and throwing the ball over the field. That's a lot of fun. What's that? Yeah, I know. It's, Is it's, that it's allowed? Like Anti-shoop fence. That's not fun to Troy Calhoun. You know what's fun to Troy Calhoun? You're Put so obsessed with Calhoun sports. today, aren't you? Yeah, tomorrow I'll be on a different one. Tomorrow Kyle will be on the uh, the Les Miles bandwagon. Kyle's yeah, just probably. trying to promote his article. Yeah. That's all he's trying to do. Um, he's jealous of my Bo Pelini article from today. It was it was dusted under. I, I was pushed underneath a rug today. Troy Calhoun, some traps here and there. We have the backfield. We got Richie Warship can be our big back. We might see a little bit of Keontae Green as the big back, you know, the lost man of the of the backfield. Then you have Markell and Langford Johnson, and uh, I'm sure Jack Weger could get in there. And then we are, we got the quarterbacks, Jared Sparks and, and Griffin Allstott. Here we go. We're ready to go. David Blau will transfer to Alabama and be a national champion. And then you'll have Elijah Sindelar will transfer probably to, like, I don't know, let's go with uh, Auburn, and he'll somehow be good at Auburn. And then Nick Sipe will leave. He'll decommit, and he'll end up going to, like, USC, and they'll all be better than what we'll ever be anyway. Okay, I'm off the Troy Calhoun bandwagon now. Uh, Gotta get back to the John (sighs) Calhoun reference. (laughs) You're making your impassioned speech in rejecting the compromise of 1850. John C. Calhoun, crazy eyes. He has one of the best Wikipedia pictures I've seen out there. It looks like he was just kicked in the nuts right before they took the picture. Crazy eyes. But honestly, I do like the uh, – some people – when I think it was T-Mill, I think he posted about Bo Pelini, the rumor that came out today saying that if he was offered the Purdue job or whatever, he would take it. And some people are against it because, you know, he's kind of a little kid on the sidelines when he doesn't get his way or something goes wrong. You know what? I, I would – I'd be fine with Bo Pelini coming – uh, and, and they'd say, you know, he didn't recruit well at Nebraska or whatever, and they were still okay classes. But the thing is, is he don't have to have great recruits if he's a great coach. He can figure it out. Um, and and Pelini's a proven coach. He got fired in a year. He went nine and three for God's sakes. He's a, he's a solid coach, and he brings some enthusiasm. And you you could see on the sidelines that the guy loves football. Did you really ever see that with Daryl Hazel, other than the Illinois game where he had to win it, or he? Probably, I would guess, he knew before the game that if he lost that game, he was going to get fired because he. I've never seen somebody more excited over a missed field goal in my life. Pretty telling that that's one of the very few times we actually saw Hazel show any emotion, uh, with, the, with the second time being when he's driving over the Big Ten logos with the train on the Big Ten Network promotion. 
And when he signed the contract where he got paid $2.5 million a year to do nothing. I'm sure he was pretty happy that day, too. Well, I, I think I think Hazel might have been Burke in uh, football coach form where mm-hmm. vanilla ice milk was just a little too spicy for him. I think with Polini, I think he could make a short-term impact. I mean, I personally have no problem with his tirades on, on the sideline. I mean, granted, I'm also at Michigan and, you know, we got Harbaugh up here and does the same damn thing. Personally, I still am a little concerned on the recruiting end. He was kind of lazy at Nebraska, but it works because it's Nebraska. He could still pull in people. But if you're lazy recruiting at Purdue, that's not going to pull you out of the Big Ten. I mean, sure, his name alone might bring in some recruits at first. But in the long term, who knows? We'll see. But yeah, I mean, I, I, hell, I mean, and hell, I will take, but I mean, still, I take Polini easily. I'll take his cat at this point, um, given the last four years. I wish we had the luxury of firing a coach that, only could reach nine wins a season, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but I understand the baggage that's there. Uh, that's that's why I want Fleck. He's a lunatic and he can recruit. You know, there, there's something to be said for having a lunatic coach as long as he's recruiting well and winning. And you know, that, that's that's why I like Fleck. He might he might legitimately be a crazy person, but he's a good football coach as a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And he said today that Western Michigan, or he previously said or whatever, Western Michigan lets him be himself. Could he? come to Purdue and do all those crazy things and not be judged because we're generally seen as a pretty conservative university. Oh, no, I'll, I'll lead the way. I mean, that's what we're here for as a blog. We'll talk to him and let him be as crazy as we want. We'll have him on the podcast. We'll give him a guest column if he wants. Babinski seems pretty laid back. I'm sure he would be okay with it. If he wants to well. put oars on the Boilermaker special and drive it into the Wabash, as long as he wins <laughs> eight, nine, ten games a year, I'm for it. Let's do this. Hey, the Purdue crew team, they're a club... They're a club. They're not varsity. So technically, P.J. Fleck could probably row for them, maybe. Who knows? Oh. And literally row the boat. There you go. The I, although I'm, I'm although watch that uh, Western Michigan has now trademarked row the boat or something now, and we can't use that. But maybe we'll just use drive the train or something. Row the kayak. <laughs> <laughs> row your aquatic conveyance. Row your tube down the Tippy River. There you go. Ew. Gross. So, uh, one last thing to touch on here. We will shift gears one last time. Let's talk about we have another basketball recruit. We have Aaron Wheeler, a six foot seven or six foot eight, depending on which recruiting service you talk to, wing from New England. I believe he's at a private school in Rhode Island, but he's originally from Stamford, Connecticut, is it? Mm hmm. And it looks like a lot of the people are drawing some comparisons to Vincent Edwards or Vince Edwards or whatever he wants to be called this year. I believe it's Vincent Edwards. Is is he Vince 2.0? Is he a poor man Vince Edwards? What are we looking at here? Uh, I'm I'm not sure on on what. I mean, I know he's tall and lanky, 6'7", 6'8" small forward some sites list him as a power forward um i don't see that really he's too thin i think he's only like 180 190 pounds maybe he can turn into anything remotely like vince edwards and we're pretty lucky honestly um vince obviously one of our better players and a hard worker and hopefully um vince has a great year this year but we'd like him back for his senior year and then aaron wheeler would get a year underneath Vince, and that's when we really draw the comparisons uh, after we see him practice together or whatnot um, I don't know, honestly, too much about Wheeler. Uh, I saw we offered him not too long ago. He came on an official, and he was supposed to take one more official before deciding, but he must have loved uh, Coach Painter that much that he decided to jump on with Matt Harms and join our 2017 class. So hopefully we keep the, the momentum going and get a couple more here before the before the spring. We, are, are his
history with seven foot two Dutch centers is so strong too. Oh, let's not go there. So yeah, it looks very promising. And oh no, someone just goes two words: Lane Kiffin. Which if I see another Lane Kiffin or a, I know we're going back to the coaching search here. But if I see another suggestion for either Lane Kiffin or Art Bryles, I'm gonna lose it. Kiffin is an example of failing upward in everything that you do. And there's no damn way I would want Kiffin because he's an mm -hmm. awful coach. He couldn't win at USC with their talent. USC. Yep. And then Art Bryles. No, I, I would lose. I, I will shut this site down if we hire Art Bryles. The Mark my word. Blaine Kiffin's even getting... is. <laughs> Even winning football games now is because he's with Nick Saban, who doesn't let anybody screw anything up. This is true. I could totally see Link Kiffin just staying as an offensive coordinator and Saban for less pressure the rest of his career. I know someone else mentioned Luke Fickle in all our tweets, but I'm like, you know, if he was, if he wanted to be a head coach, he could have gone by now. He's been a he's been an assistant for Ohio State since Trestle, and I'm sure yep. 2011 kind of scared him enough that realized maybe head coaching's not for him. He and loves he went six and seven at Ohio, Ohio State. State. He loves Ohio State, and he looked lost the entire time. Yeah, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He so lost I just the read something. The wheels came off. I just read something. Colts fired Chuck. They they didn't fire him yet. They said, "How about Colts fire Chuck Pagano and Purdue hires Chuck Pagano?" See, I I don't mind Pagano so much. I just think that he has been given an absolute craptastic roster by Grigson. Oh, that roster's so bad. Yeah, and 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 I think I think a lot of Pagano's problems are reflected in just the sheer stupidity and how awful of a football mind Ryan Grigson is. And I know he's an alum and everything else. And oh, he played football at Purdue. Well, he played football at Purdue during a pretty crappy era of Purdue football. I don't think that, that actually lends credence and gives him you know superior knowledge when it comes to the game of football. So, so Aaron Wheeler just got pooped on. Because we only talked about him for thirty seconds. Well, well, I think I think Wheeler. I think we just don't know a whole lot about Wheeler. This might be a first. We're so focused on football that we don't. We can't even focus on basketball. And, and really, know I don't like... know a whole lot about Wheeler. I mean, he plays in New England, and there's not a lot of video out there. Um, we're told he's a three-star recruit. Uh, 24-7, I believe, has him in their top 250 nationally, which is not your rivals, not your rivals, uh, top 100 or 150, what they do, but still a pretty good player. But yeah, I mean, he just, he seems like a bit of an enigma at the moment. And that's the same with Harms, who is going to be playing in Kansas. I'm sure we'll see a little bit more here as they get into their senior seasons. But, you know, right now we'll just kind of be like, hey. We appreciate this guy. Looks tall, looks athletic, looks like he could score. So, you know, it's he's certainly a promising player. I trust, I, I don't know why I do, but I trust Matt Painter with these three-star recruits because was Vince Edwards not a three-star recruit? He was a four-star. He was a four? Okay. Um, I just trust him. I don't, in basketball, I don't, I, I know like, you know, the five stars mean a lot and all this stuff, but in basketball, I think you get the right guys in the right system. You can win a lot of basketball games. And I think Painter does a good job of that. I, I agree. And re let's remember, he's not done with this class. I mean, Harms can be your big guy and Wheeler can be a solid complimentary player and complimentary scorer. And I know he, the big one that he's still going after and has 
has been pretty silent, but everything that I've seen is that Purdue is still pretty solid with him is Nigel Eastern out of Evanston, Illinois. And if you get Eastern and put him in a backcourt with Carson Edwards, you have a pretty dynamic backcourt there uh, with an athletic Aaron Wheeler now on the wing. And suddenly it's it's a solid, solid court to build around. But I, I've been on the Nogel Eastern bandwagon for some time. I think Painter needs to land him. And, yeah, that that's just what needs to happen. We need to get him. We need to find a way to get him in the fold and actually on board. And then we'll see what other holes we can fill with this class. Yeah, I agree. We missed out on some of the bigger guys, uh, the big name guys early on, like Jaron Jackson. We just got to keep moving forward and get the, you know, the second tier guys that painter has definitely made a priority now and eastern's been on his his radar forever and we're one of the few teams that have offered him point guard play um, right so you get him and carson edwards in there a nice one-two punch <laughs> we could be in good shape for a few years any final thoughts juan before we end this no i'm just you know happy skype didn't quit on us in these last couple minutes here uh, <laughs> so far oh god that's not gonna be fun to edit so yeah we had some tech issues today with uh, Kyle, Skype not liking Kyle, then Skype not liking me. So, yeah. Let's put a poll up and ask who the new Drew is. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just make Drew the option for all of them. Yeah. Who's the new Drew? Drew, Kyle, or Juan? I'm not the new Drew. <laughs> it's not my fault that Skype has turned off on me. Uh, any th- any final thoughts, Kyle? Looking forward to see how uh, Coach Parker has these guys ready for Saturday. I mean, it could be an absolute blowout, and if it is, wh- I mean, whatever. That's what what that's what happens with interim coaches. But uh, I I don't know if you guys saw Danny Anthrop's tweet the other day. Uh, he said that you know Coach Parker is the type of guy that. Uh, expects you to run through a wall, but he'd run through a wall for you too. If Danny likes the guy, he, he I, I can go off with Danny. And he Parker must be a pretty good guy, so I hope that Parker has some success and maybe he'll stay on the staff next year with whoever the new head coach will be. Definitely, and I I like that he's kind of mixing things up here. You certainly, it certainly sounds like he's going to try a few different things that Hazel wasn't trying. And at this point, what do you have to lose, really? (laughs) We're expected to lose pretty much every game from here on out, and I would just like to see some individual improvement in guys, maybe get another win or two, and who knows what happens from there. I mean, I know that one of the bigger questions is, is, if Purdue were to go and pull off a very, very stunning upset on Saturday, and let's face it, it would be a shocking upset for them to beat Nebraska <laughs> with an interim coach and yeah. that defense. But were it to happen, then you're just like, great. Was Hazel really just that bad? Yeah, and that very well might be, but who knows? Um, but we'll we'll continue to support you know the Purdue football team here in the last few weeks. But we'll oh, also yes. be very very interested in seeing what uh what happens with Bobinski because uh, I told you guys the other day I'd like to see a hire before the end of the season because I want to know what to expect in the next year. I I don't think we're gonna get a hire before the end of the season. It just seems unlikely, especially if they're gonna be vetting guys that that's true are still coaching like like a Brom, like a mm-hmm. Fleck or anything. How about but, bowl season? By the end of bowl season, I want to know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking at minimum mid-December, probably when we're going to get some news. So, But we will see. And I think that for the first time in a while, that, that sound that you hear is hope in our voices mm-hmm. when it comes to Purdue football. We have some actual hope that maybe the change is coming. For Kyle and for Juan, this is T. Miller, and we thank you for listening, and thank you for reading Hammer and Rails and everything that you do for us. <laughs>